0: Hey folks, welcome to the Friday Show here on the Culture Jack Podcast. I'm Dustin and today on the Friday Show we're going to talk a little bit about Xbox. We're going to talk a little bit about some Hollywood movie directors, comic book artists, and others closely related to the comic book genre. Talking a little bit of smack on the internet about the genre itself. Uh, We're also going to talk just a little bit, just a just a hair about VR and uh, whether or not uh, Black Widow should come to Disney Plus. Spoiler alert, it should. But whether or not Disney will put it on Disney Plus, we're not sure yet. We will see. But before we get into all that, I have, well, it's not really news, but I I did read an article, so let me just regurgitate it to you. It was on Cinema Blend, and it was about upcoming movies starring Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage, if you are kind enough to remember, here on the Culture Jacked podcast, both Anthony and I are big fans of the actor Nicolas Cage and think that his works in the movie industry are among the most prolific that can be out there. Maybe I'm diving a little bit uh, more into the Nicolas Cage meme than Anthony is. But regardless to say, we're really big fans here on the podcast. So it was funny to me when I found this article because it talks about uh, upcoming movies that he's going to be in. And there's a lot. Good Lord, there's a lot. Uh, The most, uh, the the, the one that's soonest to be released is one called Jiu-Jitsu. And it's coming out apparently on November 20th. But he uses a special form of Jiu-Jitsu to fight aliens. I, I watched, there's a preview out for it. If you haven't seen this trailer, you should please, please check it out. But apparently, the world gathers these Jiu-Jitsu masters and every six years, an, a portal is opened and an alien comes through to get a get a good fight out of these these masters. Now, if they get a good fight and they obviously historically have killed these masters in the past, but have a good fight out of it. They won't wipe out the rest of mankind. And so these uh, jujitsu aficionados are fighting aliens on our behalf in an unseen battle that more often than not takes their lives. And now Nick Cage, as far as I can tell from the trailer, he's a man who has been through this once or twice before. Like this is not his first rodeo, with the alien but uh it looks absolutely terrible and I, I can't wait to see it he's got the sequel to the crude's coming out if you ever saw the crude's it's about a family of cavemen who <laughs> cave people who would they were kind of coming to terms with the the era of the caveman being destroyed it being torn asunder by earthquakes and natural phenomenon that lead them to a, a, a new, to interact with a, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, The Crudes, A New Age, is another Nick Cage that's coming out. Prisoners of Ghostland, uh, sometimes in the, sometime in the year 2021. A movie called Pig, Maybe at the end of 2020 if we're so lucky, but maybe uh 2021 as well. Nick Cage plays a a lonely mushroom forager. And I know Tail is old as time. And he has a, a beloved swine who who keeps him company, but he goes missing. And so <laughs> Nick Cage goes out to to find justice for his for his pig. And so the first thing I think of is you know Keanu Reeves and Nick Cage are are action stars of the same I don't want to say of the same ilk but they they kind of had a, a rise in their popularity at around the same time. And this it feels like an alternate dimension John Wick wherein John Wick is not Keanu Reeves, but Nicolas Cage and this poor puppy that he lost at the beginning of the movie was, in fact, a pig and uh, painted on a backdrop of mushroom foraging. I can't think of a better movie to go watch. There's one coming out called Willie's Wonderland. And uh, funny enough, if you want to look for this movie, I mean, just be careful. When you're, you're doing your searches online. Because Willy's Wonderland. May turn up those things not Nicolas Cage related. And may turn up those things Nicolas Cage related. But not necessarily those things that you would like to see Nicolas. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's It uh, is supposed to come out next Halloween. And it's based kind of on the Five Nights at Freddy's uh, video game. Wherein... You are, or in this case, Nick Cage is a security guard at a theme park or amusement park where animatronics come to life at night and terrorize the employees and people that are, that are there. so that, man, I don't know where he, where he finds these roles. I don't know where he, where he gets called to him, but he's just in, there's the one, this one is called the unbearable weight of massive talent. And it's supposed to come out in March of next year. It it is Nicolas Cage playing uh, a a cash-strapped actor who agrees to make a, a paid appearance at a billionaire uh, drug kingpin uh, who is also a super fans um, party, and he's he's actually he's playing himself. He's playing Nicolas Cage, and so. Th- Obviously, he's not the director of this thing or the producer, probably. But to make a movie titled "The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent" and then be playing oneself in the movie—it's a—it's a—a level of of maybe hubris, maybe confidence. I don't know. I can get both out of out of his acting chops, uh, but uh, along the way. Uh, Nicholas Cage is trying to get a, a part in the new Quentin Tarantino uh, movie. And so that should be interesting. 10 double zero. It's a, a detective with a personal vendetta to hunt down cop killers. No release date on that one. And we talked about on the podcast before that Nick Cage has been cast as the role of Joe Exotic in the Tiger King movie that's going to be coming out. High Fire is it's got no release date as well. He voices a dragon who loves vodka and loves to solve crime. Now, it didn't say in the article whether this was an entirely animated film or if it was like a live action uh animated hybrid film in a way that you know similar to Pete's Dragon but just with a with a a dragon that likes to drink. I mean, honestly, you know Pete's Dragon should have uh, enjoyed a a knockback or two of some whiskey after what uh, that little boy put him through. Of course, National Treasure 3 is still on the horizon. It's still in the books, being ready to be made. Um, And no, this one is not about Nicolas Cage, though he is a National Treasure. And then he'll be also appearing in 2022, uh, replaying his role as... Spider Noir in the next uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse, which, by all accounts, and, uh, and probably the best betting odds, would be the only movie on this list that's going to be going to be any good. There were some rumors recently about the Xbox Series X uh, running hot, like they said, man, this in in people that have done play tests and. Um, People in the industry have said that this Xbox game system gets pretty spicy when it's turned up. And and so people did some tests, and uh, one of the examples of those tests I could find here, uh, this this person, they used Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, and they played it for 15 minutes. They played it on uh, both the Xbox One X, and they played it on the Xbox Series X. And then they took uh, thermal uh, FLIR readings, to determine the, the temperature output of the machine. And it looks like for that game, for that amount of gameplay, the Xbox One X was at its peak around 65 degrees Celsius. And the Xbox Series X was at 48 degrees Celsius. So um, actually a little bit cooler than the, uh, than the previous generation of systems. But... Uh, that, that information is out there and you know, you can, you can take a look at it if you, if you'd like, but they're not running too much hotter, uh, than the the previous generation. So that's good to know. And speaking of Xbox, uh, the, what is he? The CEO, Phil Spencer, what's he do? He's chief magician and warlord over there at Xbox. Probably he, uh, he's been on the internet. You know, talking some smack. It seems like almost every day Phil is out here giving an, an interview and dropping some new juicy detail that takes the takes the internet by storm. But uh, he said that, uh, well, he said a couple of things. But one of the things he said was that the Xbox Series S, the the cheaper console, is actually going to have faster loading times than the more expensive Xbox Series X. And he said it, the reason that is, is mostly because it's not going to be saddled with a lot of the the high-res loading times or high-res graphics that the Series X is. So because, because it's going to underperform graphically, it's going to uh, compensate for that in a, uh, a speed... Uh, and loading time sort of way, which is cool. And if you're playing like the, the cheaper console, you get getting the budget console. It's good to know that you're at least getting something out of it. And that is a faster loading system. He's also convinced that the Xbox series S is going to, it's going to outsell the series X though. He said he thinks uh, both, Will sell out in the near to immediate future. Like, and I've talked with Anthony about this. There's not going to be Xboxes. There's not going to be uh, Playstations or Nintendo Switches to be found anywhere on the on the shelves this holiday. It's people have been cooped up. They are ready for some escapism, and what better way to do that than to play some games? So uh, he's convinced that it's going to outsell the Series X. Maybe in the long run, we'll see it being a budget console and then you know the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series are going to have like half step models like they did in the past like the Xbox 1X is like the PS4 Pro or PS4 Slim they're going to have these other iterations these kind of in between generations in the in the generations as well so we'll see he thinks Series S is going to be a big seller I guess only time only time will tell on that one. Yeah, there is also a rumor when it comes to Microsoft and Steam that there's a uh, a, a partnership. And so a lot of people after Xbox bought Bethesda or Microsoft bought ZeniMax, I guess I should say, they thought, well, what's the next big, what's the next big company they're going to buy? And there were rumors going around that it was going to be Sega. And I saw recently uh, a photo that indicated that Activision might be up for sale. Or Ubisoft. Uh, EA has already joined Game Pass to allow all of their games to appear on uh, Game Pass. And so, I mean, ideally, Microsoft, please please steal Respawn from EA. I am so tired of not having Titanfall 3. Just do it and release it in a window that is not con- conflicting with other games. I... That game has been so poorly misrepresented and mistreated in my humble opinion. Um, so it might be steam. Maybe they're not buying steam, but Xbox, the app just did have an update. And on the update, it said that, uh, what did it say? It said, oh, you can now add your steam friends to your friends list on your Xbox app. So, with with a rumor, uh, curious happenstance be happening, and now you can add your Steam friends on Xbox? Maybe that lends more credence to the rumor, maybe not. Uh, one thing that Anthony, Anthony talked about, either he talked about it on his podcast or he talked about it uh, with me personally, which you wouldn't know about, so I don't know why I'm asking you, but please help me with my memory. It's ailing and it's going quick. We talked about... This generation of Xbox learning its mistakes from last generation. Let last last generation not just Xbox but PlayStation as well were so adamantly against uh, crossplay. Yet now I see crossplay sneaking into all kinds of games, Rocket League, Apex Legends. The list goes on, but those are the only two examples I have at the ready. <laughs> So, so I'm excited to see more crossplay play options. Uh, Toby Frank in, in future gaming. Uh, the Xbox one was released with a had to have Xbox connect. And the connect was a pretty big, fa- I, I enjoyed the connect myself, but commercially, critically, it was a pretty big failure, but every Xbox had to have one. And so that drove the price up for the thing. And Xbox was very concerned with the Xbox One being a, being a multimedia system, being something that you could use for everything, which is nice. It's a good consideration. However, people wanted games and they wanted these to be gaming consoles yet, I mean, here they were trying to sell it as something, something else. Um, recently, on the 18th of this month, just a few days ago, the original Nintendo Entertainment System turned 35. That's pretty close to, uh, it's pretty close to Anthony's birthday, I do believe. I'm it. It, <laughs> it came out on uh, October 18th, 1985. And I'm just a little bit older than the NES myself, so I'm, wait a second, am I, I'm 85, no, Anthony must be 84, so he's a little bit older too, never mind, we're both older than the NES, but barely, we're right there with it, I'm a Pisces, I wonder what my horoscope says today, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, here's, here's what my horoscope says, because this is an important part of Culture Jacked. <clears throat> Did you wake up this morning with a vague recollection of a half-remembered dream bugging you? If so, it won't do any good to try and pull it up. Perhaps you aren't meant to remember the entire thing, in which case you should try analyzing the little bit you do remember. Perhaps it will come to you when something reminds you later. Don't let it drive you crazy. It's only a dream after all. Gosh, dang, that was, uh, that was spooky. Cause in fact, I, I did not have a dream last night. Maybe I did. I can never remember my dreams. Sometimes I can. I woke up and my eyes hurt this morning. I don't know if that has has any relevance on that horoscope. Maybe it does. Maybe not. Okay. That was a fun, (laughs) Earlier this week, PlayStation 5 showcased its new UI. And uh, it's got a new control center. And it's really slick. It's really fat. Like, I'm getting the Xbox, obviously. But this PS5 control center, the whole loading screen, it was very slick. It was very snappy, very fast, very sleek looking. Uh, It has a new activities tab that you can pull up while you're in the middle of the game and the quick resume to the game was super fast too like they were in the menu and then back in the game and in the menu like seconds it was awesome but they've got this activities tab that you can bring up and you can you can see in the activities tab how much time certain levels certain missions certain quests took you you can also See how much time that certain levels might take you, that the game might take you. And this is really good for those people trying to budget their time and go, okay, I've only got fifteen minutes to play if I play this level, I mean that's that's fifteen minutes. And so I, I thought it was very interesting, but it'll be interesting to see like if that if that's a real life counter of time, like if I'm playing versus my daughter, I'm playing and it says it should be five minutes for you. But the game starts seeing how my daughter's playing and she goes, it goes, oh, maybe it might take a half an hour for you to get through this one. Because maybe the algorithm will recognize that she's not doing as hot. She doesn't know the control scheme as well as I do or, or things like that. So that'll be interesting to see. They've got another thing that goes along with that called game help. And it's kind of like an in-game tutorial wherein if you get stuck at a certain part in the game and you don't know how to get the other coins on that level, or you don't know where they might be, or you don't know how to access that secret, you can go into this game help and they've got little pre-rendered videos for you to show you where you should go how you should jump how you should move to complete the level or complete the part that you're stuck on which is kind of interesting to do now i was listening to game scoop last week and last week they talked about you know it it could be difficult for the developers to implement this particular feature in every single one every single game that they do maybe for the first party developers where, where ps5 and sony say yes This is a priority. Make sure this ends up in the game. But would third-party developers be able to allocate as much time to make these basically in-game tutorials for every single game that they make? And only time will tell whether that's the case or not, but at least the functionality is there. And at least it's a possibility uh, for those developers that do want to utilize it. They've got a quick join for parties and for voice chat. And... Something that was really cool was picture-in-picture gameplay. So the person in the demo was playing Little, Little Big Sack Planet. <laughs> the Sackboy Adventure, I think it was. And they were going through the level, and then their friend called them up with the quick chat, quick audio uh, party system. And they said, hey, man, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I'm just, I'm playing uh, the, uh, the, the Drake's collection. The... Nathan Drake is the character. Why can't I remember the game? Oh man, they're like the Indiana Jones style. You know the game that I'm talking about. It's the one where the guy climbs on the ledges, he shoots the bad guys and rides in the Jeep. Anyway, he was playing that game and he he put his current gameplay into a picture-in-picture that he could put anywhere on the screen. And so basically they could play the game together. And that would be really cool if you had, say, a friend that was having a hard time passing a certain certain spot and you're like, hey, just buzz in and see what I'm doing. I'll show you how to do it. Or I remember a lot of good times when I was younger playing one-player games with Anthony or with my brothers or other friends and they're a single-player game. But we'd all be sitting on the couch, hanging out, taking turns by deaths or by levels. And a lot of the games today are kind of missing that camaraderie aspect. They're kind of missing that, hey, let's play this game together. And so I think it'd be cool, even if you weren't in the same place as someone else, that you could still play a game with them right next, side by side. It's a really cool feature. I'm really excited for it. They've got an improved uh, screenshot and video uh, capture. And one thing that they showcased in that is they took a screenshot, but then they were able to uh, if the game recognized that screenshot as having a potential spoiler in it, it would censor the screenshot to give a spoiler warning for the people that would, would be exposed to that screenshot later. So I thought that was pretty neat as well. And then enhanced voice dictation with dual sense uh, controller. So you can just speak right into your controller and then it will dictate what you're saying for those screenshots or for, Uh, chats or, or anything like anything else like that. There was a Dreamcast mini that was announced for those of you who are Dreamcast fans, (laughs) for those of you dying for that particular piece of nostalgia. And, uh, moving on to some movie stuff, uh, shooting on the Batman had to be delayed for a few weeks because Robert Pattison got, he got the COVID. Um, I remember my wife, she sent me a, a screen cap that's saying he had the coronavirus and so production had to be halted well apparently that was a lie (laughs) because i guess as the rumor says pattison just he just wasn't showing up on set and he wasn't in the the right shape for the the role like he hadn't been working out hard enough um and all of this coronavirus stuff was a cover for giving him some time to get his, get his head right. And uh, it's, I mean, it's amazing that these actors have to be in the peak physical form that they have to be in to be in, especially these superhero movies, because these comic book characters were not, they're not weenies. I mean, they were impressive physiques of men and women who, you know, fought crime and had extraordinary powers and abilities. So I don't, I don't blame Robert Pattinson, but man, uh, to use coronavirus as an out, if it is true, is, is kind of scummy, maybe a little bit, uh, David Ayer, and if you all remember David Ayer from the Suicide Squad, the 2015, 2016 Suicide Squad, you'll remember, uh, that 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 film was not the most highly rated. And I've talked about how I actually liked it before, but a lot of people do not or did not. And so the suicide squad director, he got on to social media on Twitter and he said, I took the hits like a good soldier. When the studio cut hit the streets, it's who I am. I watched my first cut, my cut for the first time since it was abandoned. It's Amazing on God. I felt guilty for years. Like I fucked it. Nope. It's fire. It's the tone of the comic con trailer. 100%. And so I can't help, but feel like because Zack Snyder is getting his justice league cut sent to HBO is that David Ayer is trying to convince Warner Brothers, maybe start some viral marketing with this to say that, hey man, Suicide Squad was just as good until it was wrecked. Give me the air cut. Let me put out a four part miniseries on HBO Max. Let me make the movie and show you the movie that I wanted to make, and it will receive all the acclaim that it should have gotten the first time before those nasty studio heads got involved. But him saying this and then Me traipsing down this particular rabbit hole and thinking, what other superhero movies specifically could use a director's cut? I mean, there's been a lot of bad superhero movies. And I'm sure not all of them were just because of the interference of the studio, though there may have been a couple. Now, just for your consideration, let me leave you the following. Halle Berry Catwoman. Fantastic Four, any of the Fantastic Fours, the old ones or the Fan Four stick, uh, any of them. Spider-Man 3. Do you think there's a Raimi cut out there that was not pressured so much by studio heads to say, you got to get the Sandman in there, you got to get the Green Goblin in there, you got to make sure that Venom is in there. Is there a cut out there like that, Sam Raimi? I know you're coming back to do some more MCU stuff, but I'd like to see that Spider-Man 3 uh, give justice To an unjustified Tobey Maguire. The guy was garbage. I don't like him. Even though he's coming back for Spider-Man 3. Whatever. Uh, Daredevil with Ben Affleck. What about that one? Could that use a remake? (laughs) Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds. You think the movie was so bad because there were people sticking their noses in where they they shouldn't have? Batman vs. Superman. Dawn of Justice. Maybe, Maybe Snyder had a good cut of this as well. But again... I didn't mind that movie. I thought it was pretty good myself. Ghost Rider with Nikki Cage. Either the first or the second one. X-Men Origins. Wolverine. The introduction of Deadpool to big screen, wide audience uh, programming. And then what about Batman and Robin? What about those nips? Do you think those nips, those George Clooney suit nips, were the result of a studio executive who was just stepping on his own feet? Or do you think... That was a special request by George himself. <laughs> I like to think it's the latter. It makes it makes um, makes me feel like you know there is good in the world still. <laughs> on his show on Monday, did you guys catch the Monday Madness show with Anthony? On his show on Monday, he talked about superhero fatigue uh, and how some people thought that the genre of superheroes was on its last legs, was dying because of all of the just oversaturation of the genre in the market. And he said that a lot of that had been allayed by the fact that a superhero genre is not just uh, superheroes, but it's a, a thriller story, uh, an intrigue story, a romance story, a rom-com story, a straight up comedy story, a Kung Fu story, a martial arts story inside of the superhero genre. And I couldn't agree more. I think that's absolutely correct. And so I remember the conversations revolving around superhero fatigue before, uh, probably around, you know, 2011, 2012, when the Avengers had just kicked off and then they kept going after that. And people said, wow, man, superhero fatigue, it's coming. I remember reading a lot of articles about when is this industry going to die? When is this going to be on its last legs? When in fact, it was just being propped up to be one of the most profitable subgenres and and industries within filmmaking and Hollywood. So they've been talking about superhero fatigue for a long time. And I don't think it's a thing that's... Come to pass. I will, however, posit that in this time of coronavirus and pandemics and movie theaters closing, we've talked about how a movie is not as profitable as it was because it does not have a theater audience to be sold to at present. There is a future that I can imagine where maybe people aren't burnt out of the superhero genre because it's been too much. but Marvel especially has spent a lot of time getting its audience invested in these characters and finding 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 a market and a love for this story I'm I'm worried if I if I'm worried about you know multi-millionaires beyond myself making money off of my viewing eyes at all, I'm worried that there can be a future where people are away from the Marvel brand for too long. They're out of the MCU for too long that they forget or don't care when it comes back full force. Which, Disney, if you're listening, release Black Widow onto Disney+. Plus. (laughs) Get this movie out here. Show us that there's still an MCU to come back to. Don't leave us hanging. Please, please, please. But I want to ask the same question to the audience that Anthony asked. Is superhero fatigue real? Are you tired of superhero movies? With all these different iterations, all these different genre-busting things, are you tired of superheroes? Aaron Kripke, he's the director of The Boys, he recently had a quote on the MCU movies in particular. In an interview with uh, THR, he said, Uh, He first said that he is a Marvel fan, but he admitted there are too many movies. He called the franchise as a whole dangerous. And then he elaborated by saying, It's a little dangerous to train an entire generation to wait for someone strong to come in and save you. And then he said this. That's... I think how you end up with people like Trump and the populists who say, I'm the only one who can come in. It's going to be me. And I think the way that pop culture conditions people so subtly, I think it's conditioning them in the wrong way because there's just too much of it. So I think it's nice to have a corrective, at least a, a small one in us to say, they're not coming to save you. Hold your family together and save yourselves. Uh, and of course, he's, he's the... The director of the boys, the show on Amazon, that's received a bunch of praise and is a really good show in its own right. But the superheroes there are not there to save you. Obviously, they're basically portrayed as the villains in this show. I think that Mr. Aaron Kripke is maybe (laughs) he's maybe getting a little too wild because of the success he's had from the boys. He is giving far too much credit to these movies to be, be able to subvert the will of people and say that they are influencing them uh, to become, I guess, sheep to become uh, followers. Maybe. I don't know. I've never gone out, out of a Marvel movie and, and been like, man, I, I guess I don't need to protect my family. Someone else should do it for me. Aaron Kripke, <laughs> you crazy man. Uh, He also uh, addressed in his interview the uh, crowd-pleasing girls get it done moment from the boys' uh, season two finale. The boys had a lot of kind of, not throwaway gags, but they had a lot of, hey, we are directly parodying the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, the boys had a movie that they were filming in it that was supposed to be like their Avengers Level movie or their Dawn of Justice style movie. I can't remember the name of it presently, but they did have a movie like that where they were directly uh, lending their their parody to it. Um, but the girls get it done. Uh, it saw Starlight, uh, Queen Maeve, and Kimiko go up against Stormfront, and they just kick Stormfront's ass. Like it was one of the one of the ending scenes, um, and it felt like a direct response. To Avengers Endgame, uh, where they had that female moment in the movie, which was a cool moment, a cool comic book moment, seeing all these characters together. But Kripke explained that the scene uh, that it came from, uh, the the executive producer there, Rebecca Sonnenshine, uh, she was furious after she saw Endgame. She said, I saw it too. And I was like, that is the dumbest, most contrived. She said, don't get me started. She found it condescending and I agreed," said Kripke and that's where the girls get it done came from because of this what he perceived to be a pretty contrived moment in the Avengers endgame. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm of two minds about it. Uh, Obviously, I think that having uh, more superpowered especially female roles in movies is good for young girls but at the same time to to do a thing just because where it doesn't make sense for the characters but it's just a, a a fantasy shot or i don't know just something like he said that's pretty contrived seems a little bit a little bit ridiculous and the wonder woman movie did it right and i've said it before because wonder woman They came out and they had this movie and they said, this is going to be a killer movie. And then there were some people that said, oh no, it's not going to be that good of a movie. And instead of taking the Ghostbusters reboot route where they said, oh, you're just a sexist because you don't like the women in the movie. The folks from wonder woman said, why don't you watch the movie? It's going to be really good. And then it was. And so I don't know reasons behind things. Diversity, uh, this isn't the kind of show you're looking for. You just want me to tell you about virtual reality like Anthony talked about on Monday. All right. So, uh, <laughs> and on Monday when Anthony talked about VR, uh, Anthony, it'll please you to know that uh, y- you guy here, is going to be the owner of a VR Oculus two as a matter of fact, Oculus Oculus Quest two, which has received some controversy as of late because it is always required to have a Facebook login, which people are not pleased with. Uh, I know we use Facebook. We have a Facebook page for the podcast here, but some people just, they just aren't down with the Zuck, frankly, to be honest with you. And so, I like you, Anthony, have been very hesitant to pull the trigger on VR and mostly it has to do with the fact that I didn't think that VR is there yet. like it um, it just isn't, I don't know mainstream enough. and people that I have talked to that have used VR have said that well you have to you have to use it to see what the appeal is. Like you can't, you cannot see the appeal of VR from a screenshot or from a movie. You have to use it yourself in order to, to kind of get it, get why VR needs to, needs to happen. And so I'm excited to, to start this journey. it's, it's going to be a Christmas present. So, uh, that'll be fun. It'll be fun to see what it's like. And, um, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what I think there, Anthony. Maybe before you want to get one or not, you want to see what I think. You want to get my professional opinion, my take on it. Then I'm happy to give it to you. Um, really, really quickly, Anthony also mentioned on Monday he had talked about Tom Cruise and being a, a crazy good actor and his own stuntman and doing some really wacky, wacky out there stuff, but also having some really wacky out their opinions and of course notoriously Tom Cruise is a part of the Church of Scientology which we like to stay apolitical on this show the best we can so we're not going to say anything too destructive of Scientology too uh they are a bunch of wackos though (laughs) so he talked about him having an opinion how people say that actors and actresses and people's uh in places of influence and prominence shouldn't have an opinion, but he thinks that they, they shouldn't. I agree with Anthony. Now it's always funny to me when a movie star or someone in one of those uh, positions of prominence lends their voice to a topic or an issue that they are impassioned about. And the people that do not share the same opinion say, you know, stick to your game then play your, play your basketball or, your football or, uh, just make your, make your dumb movies and, and keep your opinions out of your mouth. Cause we don't want to hear them. We want to watch your movies and watch your sports. And then those same people, if a person in a place of prominence stands up and says an opinion that echoes their own opinion, well, then they say, you know, good for them. They're the only reasonable one in the bunch, or they should listen to this guy. And so I think, uh, people's insistence that movie stars and famous, uh, persons mind their own business is highly dependent upon what their business is (laughs) could be. Could it be that you are are swayed not just by the person doing something that is not their chosen career path and that they disagree with you? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Disney Plus is coming out at the right time though, huh? (laughs) Good segue. You got it. You nailed it. Disney Plus came out at just about the right time. As all of this pandemic and all these shutdowns and all the all the people that aren't willing to go out to see a movie and movie theaters are going under regal cinemas are closing many of their locations yet again there's not or it doesn't seem to be the desire or the capital to bail out these institutions and so who knows if we're seeing if not the end of cinema and theaters and the movie going experience then perhaps a pause in cinema and theaters and the movie going experience. So Disney Plus came out was it last year? It must have been last year, just right before right before the coronavirus with The Mandalorian. I think it was only a year ago. Maybe it was two years ago. Regardless, that may be the new business model for movies. Is just the streaming services at least until things get back to a, a more stable sense of normal and people are feel safe and secure enough to go out again and go to the movie theaters and these all these industries that are, are going out of business right now, they have to find a way to change. And that way to change for Disney Plus is to get that goddamn Black Widow on your goddamn service. Please, won't you do it? Please, oh my Lord. Star Wars movies are on Disney Plus too. If you guys like Star Wars? I, I will now rank for you because there's nothing more contentious and divisive than someone telling you their preference of star wars movies and what they thought about them. So here it is. This, this is my star wars list for you. The bottom three star wars movies are episode four, five, and six, the original star wars. And I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why some of you sat up in your chair and got a little frustrated there and that's fine. But I'll tell you why. Why? The 4, 5, and 6, the original Star Wars trilogy, are my least favorite and perhaps the most terrible movies ever made entirely. One, I don't remember them at all. <laughs> I don't recall what they're about and I don't uh, care to because I have seen screenshots and I have seen trailers and clips from these. And the animation that is used, the effects that are used, the acting that is done is all just terrible. They're terrible movies. All right, moving on. Have I lost you? I hope not. Uh, The next ones up from that list, as far as the worst ones, were the second film with Hayden Christensen. I believe that was the one where it was about two hours of of talking, two and a half hours of him trying to romance and simp over. uh, What's her name? I don't know, big hair girl who was in disguise in the first one, you know, Padme, that's the one. And it was, it was boring. He did float an apple, which was kind of cool. And the special effects were a little bit better in that one than the original trilogy, but not by much. And then following that one would be the first one. And then the third one respectively, because in the first one they had the pod races and that was pretty dang cool. But in the third one, they did have old uh, Anakin get his legs and arms cut off in the lava. I have the high ground, Anakin. Don't be a fool. Anakin wouldn't give up though. He had more children to kill. Honestly, then following, uh, that being my number. Well, I guess I, I don't even know how many there are. There's, there must be four more because there was rogue one. Well, there was the Han, uh, solo story as well. Uh, solo, a star Wars story. So I've got five more movies to go in that case. Uh, the solo makes uh the the seventh least popular one on my list and followed by rogue one no rogue one was really good i really enjoyed that one the the sassy robot in that one was it really gave me a gave me a hoot so in that case it'll be the force awakens is the next one and then the rise of skywalker and then rogue 1 and then topping out the list at the best star wars movie of all time is the last jedi. Hate me all you want but leave it in a comment and leave a review for me so you can spread that hate on to others. <laughs> ah. When's the next season of Peaky Blinders coming out on Netflix? Please someone tell me. I could look it up but that would just be that'd be too much. When is Black Widow being released on Disney Plus? These are the questions. That we have the answers that need to be known. Disney, let us know. Do not lose the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's too important to comic book fans, to action fans. And though (laughs) Aaron Kripke... Did I not put it in here? Aaron Kripke was talking smack on the MCU. But so too was Alan Moore. Last week uh, on the podcast, on Anthony's episode... He talked about uh, Scorsese talking how, uh, how detrimental comic book movies were to the movie industry as a whole. And Alan Moore, not to be outdone, had an interview with Deadline. With Deadline, where Deadline asked him, do you watch no superhero movies at all? What about something a bit offbeat? like Joker, you wrote a key Batman comic. So Alan Moore, of course, famously wrote The Watchmen and many, many other comics, but he responded, oh, Christ, no, I don't watch any of them. All of these characters have been stolen from their original creators, all of them. They have a long line of ghosts standing behind them. In the case of Marvel films, Jack Kirby, the Marvel artist and the writer, I have no interest in superheroes. They were a thing that was invented in the late 1930s, for children, and they are perfectly good as children's entertainment, but if you try to make them for uh, the adult world, then I think it becomes uh, kind of grotesque. He said, I've been told the Joker film wouldn't exist without my Joker story, 1988's Batman the Killing Joke, but three months after I'd written that, I was disowning it. It was far too violent. It was Batman, for Christ's sakes. It's a guy dressed as a bat. Increasingly, I think the best version of Batman was Adam West, which didn't take it at all seriously. We, we kind of have a, uh, we have a kind of superhero in the, the show, but if we get the chance to develop them more, then people will be able to see that the characters have quite unusual aspects uh, to them. Deadline responded, hasn't cinema always been a form of escapism to an extent? Moore said, sometimes it was, all art forms are, potentially. But they can be used for something other than escapism. Think of all the films that have really challenged assumptions. Films that have been difficult to take on board. Disturbing in their messages. Same goes for literature. But these superhero films are too often escapism. And so, to a degree, with Alan Moore, I would agree that people are too eager to get away from their everyday lives, to get out of their own heads and into maybe the head of a Wolverine or Spider-Man character. But I think these movies are incredibly fun. And if you're not, if you're not having fun in life, if you're not doing the things you enjoy to do, if you're not watching the things you enjoy to watch, reading the things you enjoy to read, being with the people that you enjoy spending the most time with then what are you doing? You're wasting your life. And so to that I say, when is Black Widow coming out on Disney Plus? Give us a break, Disney. That's it for the Friday show. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. Um, hopefully uh, you stay stay tuned on Monday for the next episode of Monday Madness with Anthony. And be sure to leave us a review because... <laughs> The way the algorithm works, if you interact more with this show, then this show will think that it needs to be delivered to more people. The less people that interact with this show, they'll say, my gosh, nobody wants that show. Nobody new needs to listen to that show. And to Anthony and me, that's just the biggest travesty that's ever occurred. So please share the show. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. But stay tuned for Monday Madness and have a good weekend. Cheers.